It's Frank by Mars with the pitch. One on the hit the right field. Lay back there. Lay back there. Oh, God! Parker Quinn! Parker Quinn! Massey leans in now. Comes set. Rocks and fires. Tommy White leads it high and deep to left field. Get out of here, Bob. Costello to the wall! It's out of here! Walk it off! Tommy White! And LSU is moving on. Wake Forest is headed home. All right, welcome back to another edition of Tigers Win. Cody Worsham from a hotel room in Omaha in about five hours of bad sleep. Hopefully joined by a better rested Harrison Valentine back Not in the studios much. in Baton Rouge. Not by much. Dude, it was it was it was hard to sleep last night. I, I bumped into uh, Jamie Tutko, the uh, the director of video scouting for the LSU baseball team, and this was about noon. I had walked over or I'd wrote, ridden over to the press conference with Coach Johnson and some of the administrative staff, and I came back. Like I, I woke up and went straight to the press conference. No, well, I worked from the hotel room and then went to the press conference. Like no coffee, no food, just like went went in straight. And so we got back and I went straight to coffee and I saw Jamie and I was like, Jamie, I, I don't know how like the players and the staff slept last night because I could not go to sleep. Like I, I had three Elijah Craig small batch bourbons uh, at the hotel bar just to try to get myself to sleep. And I was still too jacked up to go to sleep. So uh, I, I don't know how the team slept. I don't know how Tiger fans anywhere slept because I was so fired up from one of the greatest sporting events that I've been at in LSU history. It was it was unbelievable. I don't think I've recovered emotionally or physically or even <laughs> like spiritually for that matter from what happened last night. Obviously, I'll rely on you for the kind of boots on the ground uh, type knowledge and anecdotes. But I will start with this. I'll kind of piggyback off what you said. That might have been the best baseball game I've ever watched. And you know me. I watch a lot of baseball games. I probably watch 100 of the 162 Mets games, whether it's as painful as it can be. I watch a lot of baseball. And it was a complete pleasure to watch Rhett Lauder, Paul Skeens go toe-to-toe. There were magic moments everywhere from, you know, Tommy White (laughs) to – Trey Morgan to Alex Malazzo. I mean, those two plays you're going to see, I saw a tweet somewhere, you're going to see photographs of that at restaurants all over Baton Rouge for years to come. You know, it, it, it'll be better if we win the Natty, but, uh, I, you know, I can for go sure. on and on about the the moments of last night and that game will be remembered forever. And one of the cool things I actually saw after the game, and obviously it was trending on social media during the week about what the Wake Forest player said. I saw him, I saw the pitcher and Tommy Tank share a really cool moment after the game, kind of like a moment of respect from both of them. I think they're friends. Uh, I saw that in an article that they knew each other prior to that. Yeah. But you knew that all it was going to take was one mistake from either team. And Tommy Tanks took advantage of that mistake. And another thing I'll say is last time we did this podcast, We were joking about how that was the happiest Jay had ever been. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that last night topped that. Yeah, let's do this. Let's let's pause for a second because we should have done this in pre-production, but we'll just do pre-production live on air. Do you have the ability to type down what I'm about to say, Harrison? Yeah. Okay. Get your your typing fingers ready. And this will be kind of an outline for the show. Um, And this will be a good way for our listeners to sort of know where we're going. Here's what I want to talk about. 
today. And I'm just going to list the topics and they're going to be the first ones that come to my head. I'm going to try to make sure we cover all of them. I want to talk about, obviously, the Tommy Tanks walk-off homer and relive that moment. I want to talk about the Trey Morgan play to Alex Malazzo. Like, we have to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about the pitching masterclass that we saw from both guys um, and how it compared to the only other game that I can compare it to, and credit to Hunt Palmer for for tweeting this, but it was Aaron Nolan, Jonathan Gray in 2013, a game that I also happened to be at. I'm very lucky, by the way. I know I'm very lucky to have the job that I have. Um, I definitely want to talk about those things. I want to talk about Jay Johnson as a coach. And this is the part I definitely want to talk about is the the type of coach that he is. And I, I mean that very intentionally, because when we get to that topic, Harrison, I want to talk about Jay Johnson as a coach. Um, and we could talk about how happy he was last night and how quickly he pivoted because he got less sleep than I did. I did talk to him about that. Um, and then I want to talk about Florida and the college world series championship coming up and the toll that it took on LSU to get here yep. and what that might mean for LSU, but how I think LSU still is really well positioned to win this. So where are we starting of all those topics? Which one do we start with? Let's start with now. I'm going to, I'm going to let you choose. I'm going to let you choose. Mm. We laid it all out. And I don't right, as I took a sip of a uh, Coke zero. Yes. Um, let's start with the pitching matchup because to get to this spot, obviously LSU had to work its way through the losers bracket after losing to Wake Forest and another fantastic baseball game, by the way. Yep. And both of those games, so many hard balls hit right at defenders. So many moments that could have gone either way. The Trey Morgan play at the plate in the first game when he was the base runner, the Trey Morgan play at the plate in the second game when he was the fielder. Like these were marginal games between two of the very best baseball teams in the country. And I think Florida's the other team. And I think those are the three best teams in the country. And LSU um, managed to position itself well enough, play well enough, coach well enough to get through two of those wins. And Wake Forest was only able to get one. But LSU losing that first game put them in a position where they had to use every available arm, basically, or, or at least have every available arm ready to get to the championship series. Uh, and so Jay Johnson had a great quote from his post-game presser last night. I believe it may have been his presser today, but I think it was the one last night. They're all a blur for me, by yep. the way. And it was he, – he talked about the pregame speech Tuesday before they played Tennessee in that loser's bracket game was very simple. He went to the whiteboard and he wrote down the name of every pitcher that would pitch to get LSU to this spot now. And actually, I think he went he went further than that, but edited himself in real time. And he said, we've got Ackenhausen and we've got uh, Javen Coleman, and Griffin Herring to, to support him. We've got Riley Cooper ready to go on any of these. And then Thursday, it's Paul and Thatcher. And that was his pregame speech. And I think he wrote out Saturday, Sunday, Monday, too, just in case. But yep. obviously, he didn't give that away yet. But using all of those arms, and we have to talk about, before we talk about Skeens and Louder, we have to talk about, just quickly, the performance of Griffin Herring against uh, Wake Forest. Was, was, uh, it's all a blur, so correct me if I'm wrong. It was Griffin Herring Wake. was the second. Yep. Wake, yep. So the, the Nate Ackenhausen performance against Tennessee. Yep. The Griffin Herring and company performance against uh, Wake Forest and then Riley Cooper in both of those games. Um, unbelievable. 
And I, I, I tweeted the joke. <laughs> yeah, lefty pitching and small ball, the way that LSU's won all year. But this team can win so many games, so many different ways. And this bullpen is better than its numbers. Because, by the way, they had to navigate the SEC. Um, a credit to Wes Johnson, the pitching staff, for getting Paul Skeens the opportunity to pitch in, in last night's game. There have been so many key outs in this postseason. I mean, Griffin Herring, I mean, even like Blake Money coming in and like only giving like getting a ground ball like that. That yep. was getting a ground ball out was big, limiting it to two. And then you have Griffin Herring, who, you know, weathered the storm and completely shifted the momentum of the game when he came. I mean, he, when he struck that guy out, uh, I think it was what was it, the second or third inning that that, you know, I, I don't know if I texted you this, but I was like, that's going to we're going to look back on that being a, a massive play in the game. Uh, yeah. and, and then you look at, you know, Gavin Guidry, a freshman who just continues to thrive under pressure. I, I you know tweeted like pressure is a privilege for him because it feels like he just lives for that moment. And then, you know, Riley Cooper. I mean, Riley Cooper is a dog like he has yeah. become like unbelievably he, he has been unbelievably reliable. Uh, for us, his, his experience shows. And then I'm trying, let me find the line from, from the other day, uh, 7.2 innings pitch. This is against Wake Forest in game one or the game two, uh, where it was kind of like a Johnny Holstaff day, uh, 7.2 innings pitched six hits, zero earned runs, two walks and 10 strikeouts from the bullpen. Those guys gave you everything they could have imagined. And it just shows like, Another thing I'll say is like I've been so impressed with the grit of this team. Like I feel like that's just a, that that's a word that you will use to describe this team is grit, because it's so clear that they have a mental edge over their opponents. And we talk, we hear Jay talk about this all the time about like it just feels like the the mental edge of this team is next level. And I mean, you heard it from Cade the other day about you know have to versus get to. That's like that's the way that these kids are thinking and you've seen the grit of the bullpen the the bullpen all postseason and it's really not surprising that when you know the the stage gets bigger the you know LSU just keeps delivering and stepping up and another thing that Jay said at I forget which press conferences it was but he said we work on those mental side of things so when the stage gets bigger and the lights get brighter we stay in character I, I yeah that, that was really cool and they've obviously you know stayed in character so far they've uh, there's just been so many awesome performances from some, from so many people on this team. Yeah. So I said, we would talk about the pitching matchup and then we went back and talked about the bullpen, which is fair and deserved and should have been on that list. And somewhere I can't find it. I think I retweeted it at some point. There was a tweet about LSU's bullpen um, sort of having a tale of two seasons this year. And it was up to one of the series. I can't remember which one, maybe it was the Mississippi state series. Um, the LSU bullpen had had, you know, a, a 6.9 ERA or something. And yeah. since then it's been 62 innings or, you know, somewhere around there. And it's been like a 3.18 ERA. Um, those numbers aren't exact because I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head and scrolling through in vain my Twitter feed to find it. Um, but now here we go. Just found it. As I said, that it's from Pat James, 24. So, uh, so it goes back to the Garrett Edwards injury in the 20 games after Garrett Edwards suffered his season ending elbow injury, LSU baseball's bullpen posted a 7.23 ERA in 88 in the third innings. Not good. That's not Pat. That's me. Over the last 16 games, though, 
LSU's bullpen has logged a 3.18 ERA in 62 and a third innings. That includes a 1.20 ERA in Omaha to earn runs in 15 innings. And that was um, after the two, the first Wake Forest game. So those numbers have gotten better since then with Thatcher Hurd. So credit to LSU's bullpen for setting the stage for Paul Skeens uh, and Rhett Lauder to duel last night. And what a duel it was. Harris and I compared it to Jonathan Gray and Aaron Nolan, 2013 Super Regional LSU, Oklahoma. I was there for that one. Um, that I thought would be the best pitcher's duel that I had ever seen. Um, and I was wrong because what I saw last night was incredible. Paul Skeen's on not short rest. He's on a full five days of rest, but short rest for him. Um, used to more of a six-day rest schedule. He, he was just fully locked in. Um, and, and you just mentioned the word grit. But then you used a quote that made me think of the word that I think of with this team, and it's focus. And what I mean by the focus of this team, it's you talked about Jay talking about this team working on their the mental side. It's almost like they don't even work on it. It's just part of their everyday thing. Like it's their oxygen. Yep. Um, this team's one pitch at a time. What did Jay call it today? He called it mastering the moment, mastering the present moment. They, they've mastered that in a way that like personally I envy as like a worker and a writer and a leader. Like I wish I could be that pre- as a father. I wish I could be that present. It seems very, very locked in on that. Paul Skeens is kind of the master of that, of the masters. He is so, he, what does he talk about all the time? Execution, right? That's all he ever talks about. And it, and he talked about in his post-game press conference, like I've done the 10 months of work to be in this moment. I'm not thinking about the moment or the magnitude of the moment. I'm thinking about the 10 months of work that I've done to execute in this spot. And they're just so well-drilled. They're like an army that has drilled hundreds of times. I just read this book called Gates of Fire by, by Stephen Pressfield. It's about the Battle of Thermopylae and these, these uh, Spartan warriors. And there's this one scene where they're fighting a battle against another Greek polity uh, or whatever they're called, another Greek city-state. And the Spartans just wipe the floor with them. And they talk about how the Spartans have drilled these things so many times they're second nature and this other army was sort of not on their level. That's this LSU baseball team. They've done these mental reps and physical reps so many times that it's second nature to them. And Paul Skeens is the epitome of that. No moment is too big for him. Uh, very, very similar vibes to Joe Burrow, who, by the way, I was sitting with, uh, not to name drop, but Jimmy Burrow was in, in our suite last night. And watching Paul Skeens, I could not help but think of Joe Burrow, of just like, you know he's going to get the job done. And that's what he did. We could talk about the stuff. There's no need to. We know it. It's five pitches. It's two different fastballs. It's two different breaking balls and a changeup. He can throw them either side of the plate for strikes. It's not just the stuff, though. It's the stuff up here in his head that separates him. And, and like, he could be pitching on a major league team now. I'm guessing whoever drafts him will just shut him down and pull him up next year. But, like, this guy's going to be pitching in World Series and competing for Cy Young. So that's how good he is. It's a pleasure to watch him. Louder for Wake Forest was awesome, too. But it was just awesome to watch two of the best do their thing. I know we work for LSU, but – when I was watching that game, I was having a ball watching both. When Louder was missing, he was like, even even his balls were like, 
like the, the pitches that he missed barely missed. Like he was low. Reminded me of Nola. Yeah. Yeah. His, he was locating unlike any pitcher I've seen all year. And, you know, I just had so much fun watching both of them. You talked about Paul Skeens, the comparisons to Joe Burrow. I mean, he just got like a, a swagger, just the way he walks, his strut off the mound. He's got a confidence and, and why wouldn't he? I mean, he's the best pitcher in yeah. college baseball. And I want to go back to one thing you said about the bullpen. I mean, LSU didn't win the SEC tournament. They didn't, you know, what did they win? Two games, one game? One game. They went one or two in SECs. But I took a lot from that. It feels like the turning point. It feels like, you know, they found something there that really sparked them in the bullpen. I mean, I, we, we were watching it together in your office, and there was a lot of things that we liked about – I mean, they, they didn't win, like I said, but there was a lot of things that I, that, that I liked – and it it just it's been so crazy and, and so cool to watch the 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 bullpen just thrive under pressure. Yeah, to zoom in on the pitching battle a little bit more. Um, and then I think we can pivot to the Trey Morgan play and then the 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 um the homer. Um I, I actually the the only thing that made me nervous about the pitching performance last night was the differential in the pitch count. So yep. louder, louder was I remember at one point like 29 through three or something. Yeah, and then like the sixth, you know, there was one point where basically because we were the 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 home team, Paul had thrown almost 40 pitches more than Louder. Yeah. Now that was, you know, Paul had just been out for the top of the seventh or whatever, and Louder was yet to come in. But we kept you, – you watched that game, and you were like, it's really whoever gets to the bullpen first is probably going to win this thing. And the other thing I kept thinking is, thank God LSU's the home team because in a tight pitcher's duel like that, that makes a difference. And so when Skeens was at about 100 and Louder was in the low 60s, I was a little nervous. Now, Louder came out and maybe got up to 85 in the next inning and LSU worked him. Wake had a great approach against Paul. They fought him. They fouled him off. Like they, they battled him as kind of like Arkansas did, really. But Paul was a little more sharp than he was against Arkansas. And so as those pitch counts started stretching out, I got a little nervous that Louder would go longer. But Wake pulled Louder a little bit quicker than I thought they might. And it didn't – I don't think it – hurt them necessarily unless maybe they just burned through some of those bullpen arms but god they just kept on bullpen arm after bullpen arm that was really good that that made me nervous and i'm glad that lsu was able to uh to survive it really with thatcher coming in holding the job down with paul extending um as much as he did that was that was huge how many pitches did they did louder come out on let me go look at it right it now like, and we see. were texting it felt like we were so not that it matters because they they were uh Bullpen came in and still shoved, but it felt like they took I, him out. Of, I, I was shocked they took him out that early. Yeah. Let me go to the box score here. I, I don't think he got to 100. Um, let's see. Pitch count, pitch count. Louder only threw 88 pitches. Wow. And Paul Skeens threw 120. And so that's a 32-pitch differential. But Paul went eight and Louder went seven. And, uh, that I mean, that's another – that's another thing that we cannot underrate about Paul. Like Louder's phenomenal. He's a top 10 draft prospect for a reason. Paul Skeens is a workhorse and he can go 120 pitches because it's an effortless 120 pitches yep. because he doesn't look like he's throwing it as hard as he can every time, yep. even though he's hitting 99. So, I mean, eight innings, two hits, one walk, nine Ks for Paul. I mean, just. How about Thatcher Hurd coming in two, three insane. innings, one hit, no runs, yeah. one walk, a strikeout. I mean, yeah, it's just that, from all ends, the pitching was just, it was a masterclass. 
Yeah, that Thatcher did what Thatcher always talks about, which is he's going to live and die in the zone. Uh, earlier this year, he died out of the zone. He struggled with his command. Last night, he he maintained his command. He got in a couple full counts. His strike to ball ratio is look. He he was twenty seven. He threw forty seven pitches, twenty seven strikes. So he didn't throw. He threw a lot of balls, but he he did well to battle in those full counts to not give in. And uh, I thought his mental fortitude came through. And they hit him hard a few times, but hey, that's that park. You get hit hard in that park with the wind blowing in, you're going to be just fine. Um, all right, let's talk about the defensive play. Um, was it the eighth inning? Was it the seventh inning? I don't know when inning. it was. Eighth inning. It the was eighth inning. Okay. It was one of those plays that the second he made it, I was like, that's going to go down as one of the all-time greats if we win. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share my experience of it from the park, and you tell me what it was like watching from home. Yep. So at the park, you felt like something like that was coming. It's first and third. It's one out. Um, it's Paul schemes. It's the right call. You, you put the bunt down. You make the defense make the play. So we kind of all felt it coming. Um, and so as it happened and they bunted it at Trey, as soon as it hit the ground, I said, he's got a, he's got a shot here. Like it felt like he had a shot here. Um, and then when he did the, the kind of scoop and dive toss yeah. from there, it was from my vantage point, which we had a good vantage point. We're slightly behind the third base dugout up a little bit. I thought he was going to nail him. Like I thought he was going to be out by a good bit. Um, boy and then and then they make the out call right and so i stood up in the suite you know in the press box you can't cheer in the suite you can and i was definitely cheering um and i gave a hearty fist pump and actually got like lightheaded and felt like i was about to pass out it was probably the most like out of control i got all night and and then they review it and i was like he's out man like no worries here and then you watch the replay and the replay showed me a couple things one Trey's play, as good as I thought it was in the moment, was even better than I thought it was. And Alex Malazzo's tag was phenomenal. Yep. Um, great slide from Wake Forest. I mean, go back to the Trey Morgan play at home in the game, in the game that LSU lost, where he's the base runner. And maybe a great slide from Trey on that grounder to third scores him. Um, maybe not. But that was another, I think that was first and third, too, right? With one out. Same situation, basically. Probably the same inning. And Trey got thrown out at the plate and Wake Forest runner got thrown out at the plate by incredible play from Trey, incredible tag from Malazzo, um, much closer than I realized when I watched the replay. But from that moment on, you felt like it was LSU's game because that's the kind of play that champions make. So being in Baton Rouge, I was watching at a bar with some of our crew, actually, Emily Dixon, Sheldon, Ty Chef. Emily Dean, and when he made that play, the place erupted. I mean, it was it was a game saver. It was a season saver. The tag, like you said, as important as the throw. And Trey, hey, I gotta say it, Harrison. I gotta say it. I'm gonna interrupt you. And you can get back yeah. to your point. Don't take this the wrong way. It was Jeter esque. I know you're yeah. a Mets fan, but he uh, looked he looked like he looked like Jeter there. Between Jordan Thompson and, and this, I mean, we've made LSU's been making a lot of bigger <laughs> plays lately. But I know Paul talked about how, you know, he came here, he created a legacy last night, obviously cemented his legacy. I mean, Trey Morgan has cemented his legacy in a massive way in this college world series. I mean, all I could think about was literally him sitting in this chair in the I fall. I was thinking the same thing. Thinking with the same you. Thing. 
and just going over film and him visualizing all these plays and just a couple months later making the, I mean, he, he has completely shined on the biggest stage in the college world series with his bat, with his glove. It's been, it's been so cool. I mean, that, that play you're going to see on reruns for LSU fans for a long, long time. Another play you're going to see on reruns for a long, long time is Tommy White's walk-off. How fast um, did he run around? That might have been the fastest run around the base. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't see. I, I was uh, – I'll, I'll get to where I was in a second. Uh, not that people care where I was. Um, let's set the, st- the scene first. First, LSU had – Thatcher had gotten through, I think – the bottom of the order and then the leadoff hitter for Wake Forest? Or did he get Willikin out? Maybe he got Willikin out. Maybe he had just worked through the top of Wake's order in the top of that inning. But anyway, LSU had um, – the, the inning before, it, I remember sitting next to to um, whoever I was sitting next to at the time, and I said, I actually like this. LSU's got its leadoff um, top of the lineup coming up here. I, I think we're going to be in good shape. And I actually texted John Daniel. He used to work at LSU. I said, Tommy Tank's walk-off incoming, right? I know Peter Burns tweeted something too. So there must have been some some feeling in the air. Um, but LSU had just gotten through a, a, a tough part of Wake's lineup. And then the top of LSU's lineup was coming up. So he felt good about that. And Dylan Cruz comes up, gets behind in the count, but um, hammers a ball in the left field for a single almost turned into a, a single and advanced on an error to get him to second. Um, but that, that chased Wake's pitcher out of the game. They brought in their reliever, who was the guy who had made the comments earlier in the week that everyone made a big deal out of. I don't like making a big deal out of that stuff. I'm sure his quote was taken out of context. I don't love beating up on college kids for things they say, um, especially when they, they're not taking shots at your team directly. But Tommy comes up in his first pitch, right? I think so. I think it was first pitch. I think it was a breaking ball first pitch. And you, you kind of felt it um, in the moment. As soon as he hit the ball, I was in the suite. I, I ran to the back of the suite and just fist pumping, going crazy. Uh, started throwing out high fives after that. I don't know how fast he ran around the bases because I was I was in uh, ecstasy, um, as I'm sure LSU fans all over the world were. And just one of those incredible moments. I saw Bill Franquez after the game. It's his 19th College World Series. Uh, he's Mr. LSU Baseball. And I said, Bill, where does it rank? Tell me the truth. Where does that moment rank? And he said, it's top two. And we know what the other one is. Yeah. So to be top two with Warren Morris is uh, is unbelievable. And he's the first ever College World Series walk-off homer to score this game. It, um, it was electric. It was um, – it was an unforgettable moment. I got emotional during it, after it. I get emotional thinking about it. It's just one of those things that we're all going to share for forever. My mom texted me this morning. She was like, I was at physical therapy. Everyone's talking about the LSU baseball game. Like, this is the magic of LSU sports, of LSU baseball in our community that we live in, is that when, when these magical things happen, we share them. It's a bond that we all share together. Um and so just incredibly grateful to to have been there, but incredibly grateful to have experienced it and shared it with so many people um, around the world. You saw my reaction. I sent you the photo. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could show the, the listeners, but it I looks fake. Full fledged. It looks fake. You're so comically <laughs> in the victory stance. 
So it was like you're opposing. The second the ball came off the bat, I knew it was gone. Just a no question. Batter. Um, I, that video of Peter Burns's reaction. Do you see that? Just yeah, I saw Peter. I saw Peter in the hotel last night. He, sh- he showed it to <laughs> unbelievable. But unbelievable. He, he's funny, the one that really called it. The funny thing was, I brought my laptop to the bar with everybody. Everybody was watching, and I had my laptop open just you know just in case. And the second I think he hit home plate, and we all celebrated. I booted up my laptop and just started. You know, tweeting, jiffing, clipping, doing all that stuff. But I mean, the LSU chance breaking out everywhere. It was. I mean, that that's a moment that I'll never forget. And obviously, I'm also just so happy for Bill. And that that, that photo of him and Jay after the game was super special. And it was just, it was a great night. Yet again, a perfect segue, Harrison. Um, let's talk about Jay and Jay Johnson as a coach. I'll say a couple things about Jay Johnson as a coach. Um, it's easy to say these things now. We're in the College World Series championship. He's had a great season. It's easy to talk highly of him. Um, a couple things I'll say. I'll start with you You speaking about Bill. Um, Jay hugged every LSU staffer that was there last night and had a meaningful thing to say to them. Um, he and I shared an embrace and some words uh, he and Blakely Thibodeau, uh, the compliance officer for the LSU baseball team, hugged and shared some words. He and Jordan Billingsley, who's the assistant grounds crew for the LSU baseball team in Alex Box Stadium. Uh, Jordan was on the plane to the game and came down, which is awesome of our administration to send um, so many support staff to the game, as they've done for me all week. It's incredible that they're so generous uh, with us being able to experience this. Jay had a moment with him. He had a moment with Matthew Montgomery. He had a moment with everybody, President Scott, everybody. Um, Jay is not in this for Jay Johnson. Jay is in this because he gets to share those moments with those people. So that's the first thing I'll say. Uh, He and Bill obviously had many moments and he's, he's treated everyone so, so wonderfully. Here's the thing that I want to – the point that I really want to make about Jay Johnson. If I were ever in the position to hire a coach, okay, let's say in some fantasy land I become an AD one day, right, um, I would use Jay Johnson as the model for the kind of coach that I would want to hire. His thoroughness, his full commitment of his life to his craft is a competitive advantage. The way that he approaches baseball as a hundred LSU baseball as a hundred percent of his life is a competitive advantage. And it's not that he's um, that he's got his priorities out of whack. It's not that he's consumed by it. It's that he has made the decision and the commitment to dedicate his entire life to this program. And he's got balance. Like he's not um, he's, he's, he's got perspective. He, um, he has values like it's not that he's consumed by it. He's just fully committed to it. And so if I were ever to hire a coach, I would look at how does this person compare to Jay Johnson? How does this person's preparation compare to Jay Johnson's preparation, his commitment, his or her commitment level, the willingness to recruit, the intelligence, the ability to to nail every press conference. Um, Jay is is like if you wanted to generate an AI coach who was the perfect coach, 
I think he's got all those characteristics. And I, I am confident that LSU baseball is going to win multiple national championships under Jay Johnson. And I'm confident that this is going to be the first of those. And we'll see on that take, but I'm definitely confident in the multiple national championships piece because I, there's not a baseball coach in America that I think gives more of himself to the program than Jay does. And so I'm excited for him because he deserves it. And uh, it was really cool to see some of those moments in person. And, and, and by the way, all those moments I talked about, he had a million of them with his own team and the team loves him and he loves that team. And their cohesion is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah. I'm watching this video right now of him jumping around with the team and after the game and he said it was the greatest, it, what the best night of his life, the happiest he's ever yeah. been. And, and he, and he means that and yeah. it's genuine and the team genuinely is close. I, I saw Alex Malazzo in the hotel last night and I was talking to him about it and he was like, this is going to sound like a cliche, but it's true. What makes this team special is that we all love each other. All of these guys are going to be in my wedding. We love playing baseball with each other. Um, we were excited, not just because we won, but we get to play two more games together. This team has a bond. Jay has built a culture of excellence. Um, I, oops, sorry, bumped my computer there. Got so excited and carried away. Um, I, I, earlier, I Dylan Cruz at the press conference today, he was asked a question about that team closeness, and Cade Beloso was on one side, Trey Morgan was on the other, and he like literally reached across and touched Kay Peloso, he's like, if it wasn't for this guy being our glue guy, we wouldn't be here. And then he reached over and he touched Trey Morgan. He was like, if it wasn't for this guy and his mental approach, we wouldn't be here. And that's the, the best amateur baseball player on the planet. Doesn't want the spotlight for himself. He wants to physically touch and pass the spotlight to the teammate next to him. And you could say that about a million guys up and down this roster. Gavin Dugas, Kay Peloso as your veteran glue guys. Gidry and Griffin and even Bear Jones in the role that he's played this year as your young guys. Um, Jordan Thompson and Dylan Cruz and Braden Joe Bear is that third year class, Trey Morgan, the transfer of Skeens and Hurd and Tommy Tanks. Like they all have their own little categorizations that you could group them into, but they are one team and they're incredibly close, incredibly focused. It's uh I'm I'm every time I'm around them and around Jay, I learn something and it's it's unbelievable. And if we had any other coach, I'd probably be worried about last night being too emotional and too, you know, feeling like a national championship game. But like Jay said, he wants to win a title more than he wants to breathe. So there's no worry there. Zero concern. They, they, when I saw Jay this morning, he's, he's flipped that page already. He's, he's fully focused on Florida. And I guess that's an opportunity for us. Did we touch on all those things we want to talk about? Yep. And we have one minute and 45 seconds left. So, Talk about Florida. I um, I feel good about this. Florida's w- well positioned with their pitching, and they're uh, more well rested. Um, but I think I think the park's about to play a little more offensive. I think we might see a little shift here in the weather, and uh, there might be some higher score games coming. And I think that's going to play to LSU's advantage well. So Florida's got some good pitchers, man. They make you chase, but I, I like. I like LSU's discipline at the plate, and I think Ty's going to give him some good stuff. I think Ackenhausen, if he comes back, will give him some good stuff. Then the bats are going to have a big series here, and uh, 
I'm excited to, to see him score some runs. Quickly before we go, how do you see us lining up pitching matchup projection wise? Ty Floyd, Saturday, Ackenhausen. Ty, Ackenhausen, and then, yeah, f- you figure it out from there. And maybe Skeens can come back for a game three for a couple innings if you need to. So, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Well, All right. You want to wrap it up? It says less than a minute. It says less than a Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Um, appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Appreciate y'all for listening. I'm going to try to take a nap because I'm exhausted. I want to be well rested for tomorrow. So fired up, fired up for college world series. And uh, thank y'all for listening to this edition of Tigers win.